God is at work in your life. When we talk about the Holy Spirit moving, one of the things that he's been sent to do by the Father and the Son is to make us beautiful. God is at work on the inside of your life and my life by the Holy Spirit, and he is at work beautifying our souls, all right? Now, we're not talking about uh, a beautician that you might go to uh, and pay some money and they take what they've got and they sort of like hide some of the blemishes and, you know, we're not talking about a peripheral or external type of beautifying. But the Holy Spirit's work, chief work in your life is to bring out the beauty that is already placed within you when you became a new creation. Everything you need to follow Jesus and everything that you are to become is already placed within you by the Holy Spirit. You're a new creation. And that new creation, the born-again part of you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is seeking to express itself and come out. The new you, the God you, the saved you, the regenerated you, the new creation you, the born-again you, uh, the new man or the new woman uh, that is in Christ, is, has been placed within you as a miracle. And the rest of the Christian life is a process of self-discovering. Of, of taking off the rags of the old life in its thinking and its actions and digging down and, and by the power of the Holy Spirit finding the beautiful you that's been recreated by Jesus and then allowing the real you in Christ to begin to manifest, to begin to flow out of your lives. You are beautiful, that's the name of my sermon, or, uh, and you are and you may think, oh, you don't know me, I'm not beautiful. You might not think that you're beautiful physically, and you might say, I don't have many, you should hear my thoughts, they're not beautiful, or my actions, or the argument I had last week, it wasn't very beautiful, or the thoughts that I had, it wasn't very beautiful. So I tell you something, uh, that's not the new you. That's the old stuff that's being getting rid of. But the new you, that manifests when you forgive someone, when you love someone when you care for someone, when you go the extra mile, when you, when you exhibit the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, patience, joy, kindness, faithfulness. And so when you see in your life the God bit coming out of you, that's the beauty of who you are. And the Holy Spirit, in these days, especially when he comes increasingly, then he increases his work on the inside. The more Holy Spirit that we have, the increase in his work in our hearts. Now, we're going to hear a song, and Jill's going to sing it to us. And this is, and as you sing it, I want you just to, to think about God bringing forth the real you. The, the you that you always wanted to be in Christ. God is at work in bringing that forth. And in this song, it, it talks, bits of it are like God saying, tether your soul to me. I'll never let you go completely and one day your hands will be strong enough to hold me. What does that mean? God will never let go of us. 
Even when we let go of God, how many people let go of God sometimes? You give up on God and therefore you give up on yourself or you say, oh, I just can't do this anymore. And you don't hold on to him in faith. You don't hold on to him in prayer. Uh, but guess what? You may not be holding on to the Lord, but the Lord, like a good father, will never stop holding on to you. But he wants us to grow so that we can cleave, cling to him. These moves of the Holy Spirit, it's a time to cling to God, not to the world or to our own strength, but to God. Sometimes it feels like God isn't with us in all our battles, but even when we don't feel that he's with us in a battle, he is, and he's always promised us the victory. Jesus is praying to the Father that we will get all that matters so that one day we'll be able to say this, and increasingly, I love my life. Not necessarily the circumstances you're in, but you love who God is making you become. You understand that God in him is making you powerful, that, that you as a person on the inside, the beauty is coming out. You're increasingly being free from things of the past and things that pull you down. You become, God, you're making me wonderful. You're bringing out who I am, spiritual. Sometimes we... Uh, we have mistakes, but you know what? You are not defined by your mistakes. You are defined by what God has done in your life. And when you question and say, what's it all about? It's about Jesus. God doesn't promise that there won't be sadness in our lives. And uh, if he could, he'd take it from us, but he knows it's part of the process. And he gives us the courage. And so uh, Jill's going to just come and sing this song. These are the sort of notes of the song. And I just want you, as she sings, to imagine you may feel a million miles away from what she's singing. That's, that's all right, because we're on a journey. But I want you to think about the place where, where you could say, God, you've made me wonderful. God, you've made me beautiful. God, you've made me free. And I love what you're doing in me. Let's welcome Jill. Tether your soul to me I will never let go completely One day your hands will be Strong enough to not be there for all your battles but you'll win them eventually I pray that I'm giving you all that matters so one day you'll say to me I love my life I am powerful I am beautiful I am free I love Started to question the angels, and the answer they gave was you. 
Finally, finally I'm where I want to be. God is bringing us into new seasons where he is bringing us into a place where we will increasingly be able to say, in him I'm powerful, in him I'm becoming wonderful, in him I'm free, in him I'm spiritual, in him the real me is coming forth. I don't know about you, but... uh, I've found that sometimes in difficult seasons of my life where I've found it's hard to trust God and hard to get through, I've learned that during those seasons, I don't seek them out, but during those seasons, the Holy Spirit is really deeply working during those times of pressure to strip away that which isn't me, the the bit that isn't wonderful, the bit that isn't loving, the bit that is not trusting and unbelieving, the bit that is selfish and self-centered and fleshly, that during those times, the Holy Spirit is allowing circumstances to strip away the things that aren't really me. I remember once uh, my headmaster in my school in Martin Congraff, and I've shared this before, uh, it's one of the defining moments of my life, actually. Uh, Martin Congrafton School in North Yorkshire, Dales, Uh, where I lived in a village, and this headmaster was a wonderful Christian man. Anyway, I I was a good boy. I wasn't, you know, a bad boy, but I had been unkind in the uh, playground and sent to the headmaster's office or to stand outside to wait for him. I was worried. Headmaster came along, and I thought, I'm really going to get it now. I was very unkind in the playground, and I'm going to get it now. He's going to tell my mum, and my mum's going to give it to me again, and I was like, you know, young seven-year-old, eight-year-old, I guess. Well, my headmaster called me into his office, sat down by his, well, it seemed like a big desk to a seven-year-old. Please sit down, Bruce. 
And I must say, he was a Christian man. We all loved him, but I thought I was going to get it. He looked at me and he said, Bruce, I thought, here it comes. He said, what happened in, the, in that uh, playground, that's not the Bruce that I know. The Bruce that I know isn't unkind in the platform. The Bruce that I know doesn't do these types of things. But the Bruce that I know is kind, watches, uh, watches for the best of others, considerate, polite, and, and a few other words like that. And at the end of it said, now, I don't want to hear about this again. Off you go. And I went away. And even though what I had done, you could have said, no, no, Bruce was unkind in the, in the playground. I saw what he did. That's who he is. But the headmaster was godly enough to see through that stuff that I was doing that was wrong and to see to the person that I really was and affirm and confirm that person. And, you know, I went away and, I, and as a young boy, I thought, you know, it's true. I'm not those things. I am what the headmaster said I am. God is speaking to us through his Holy Spirit. And all the things that we might say that we've been unkind in the playgrounds of our life, the things that we've said to others we shouldn't have said, uh, the unkind thoughts or the, the, the failures that we feel that we are or, or the standards, our own standards that we don't even meet, let alone what we think God's standards are. Uh, and we feel that somehow we're in the headmaster's room and God's not pleased and we're not pleased and it's all negative. But God is looking at you today and by his Holy Spirit is saying, that's not you. I'm overlooking that and I'm looking deep into you because there's a you, a new you. The you that you long to be deep down inside, I've placed it inside you. And now by the Holy Spirit, I'm going to release the real you that's on the inside. Would you help me do that? That's what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. And when we know what he's doing... We can partner with him. We can stop focusing on all the bad stuff and, and dig a little bit deeper to where all the good stuff is within us. And that's what I want to minister you, to you today. You are beautiful. Why don't you, I want you to turn to your neighbor on your left and your right. Don't say it over one another, but one say it and then the other say it. And I want you to say this, and it's true, and I'll explain why it's true. I want you to say, thus saith the Lord, you are beautiful. Some of the men are saying it to one another and feeling a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> we're, we're talking, but, but many of you are smiling. Many of you are smiling because, you know, it's wonderful to be told you're beautiful, especially when God's saying it. It's wonderful to, to be told that you're a beautiful person when you feel that you're not. Or when you say, well, my actions like Bruce in the playground the last week don't seem to say I'm beautiful. But God says, I see deeper than that. You're beautiful. We're going to read from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 to 11. Because there's a time for everything. What time is happening in your life? What time is happening in our life as a church, Kensington Temple? Whatever time it is, God is at work 
God is at work. Sometimes we say, this is a terrible time. God is at work bringing the beauty out of you. Someone says, this is a wonderful time. God is at work bringing forth the beauty in you. It's a time. A time for everything there is a season in heaven and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. God's work is to bring out the beautiful you. You're already beautiful to him, but he wants to bring out the beauty that he's placed deep down inside. What is beauty? Well, Leonard Sweet said this. He said, beauty is the scent of God on the universe, a keyhole peak of the kingdom in the here and now, and a sonogram of God's own heart. Let me mention that. So he said, beauty is the scent of God in the universe. It's when you can just sense. You, you ever, you ever smelt, walked down a street or gone out into the countryside or had the window open in the car and suddenly you smell the scent of a beautiful field of flowers or something? It's just there. The, the scent is there. Well, as we walk through life, in our experiences, the scent of God's beauty is wherever God is, wherever God's goodness is, both in creation and in circumstances and people, you can smell, if I, if you, if, if, in, in that sense, spiritually, the scent of God. When someone genuinely cares for you, it's the scent of God. I don't know what your favorite fragrance is. What's your favorite fragrance, ladies? What's your favorite after-chef men? No, it was a rhetorical question, thank you. <laughs> and, and sometimes when you know somebody and the scent that they wear, you, you can smell where they've been, can't you? You can say, oh, so-and-so's been down here. He's been wearing his brute or whatever it is. And, uh, oh, I can smell. And, um, I mean, for example, Chanel number no. five, when I was a child, my mom used to wear Chanel number no. five. And I remember that as a child. And she didn't wear it for a long time. And then uh, a few years ago, um, I got her some Chanel number no. five. And she said, oh, I haven't had this for since the 70s. And she was like, and she put it on. Oh, my goodness. It was like flares and skateboards all over again back in the 70s. Such so evocative was that scent. So beauty is the scent of God on the universe. A keyhole peek into the kingdom. It's little insights. God is at work. 
God has just worked through a person. You've just seen God has displayed himself. It's an insight. Somebody has operated according to the kingdom of God, and, and it's a blessing. And it's a sonogram or an ultra scan of God's own heart. So when you see beauty, true beauty, then it's a picture, an insight into God's heart. T.C. Henley said that beauty is the shadow of God. You ever been in the shade or the shadow of a tree falls upon you? And so when God sends his Holy Spirit, the shadow of his beauty is upon us. We think about the work of the Holy Spirit. I said the Holy Spirit's work is to beautify your soul, to bring out the beauty that's already there and help you get rid of all the stuff that's uh, uh, keeping it from emerging. Well, we know that the bride of Christ is his church and that the Holy Spirit is at work not just in individual believers, but he is in, at work in all individual believers in the body of Christ, especially those that are open and responsive to his work. That's what he's looking for, to accelerate his work. And as he beautifies my soul and brings out the Bruce that God always wanted me to be, and as he works in your soul and brings out the you that God always wants you to be, which is what you want to be, whether you know it or not, then what happens is, as I become more beautiful in Jesus, and you become more beautiful in Jesus as a person, then all of a sudden, the body of Christ is being beautified, prepared for that day when Jesus will return. I wonder if there's anybody here that's ever been married and as a bride, and, and you think about your bridal day and uh, how you were prepared, or maybe you've been involved with a cousin or a friend or somebody like that, and you were a bridesmaid, and, and you were there on that morning where they were uh, being, where you had the beauticians in, and, and everything was done uh, to make them as beautiful as they could be physically on their wedding day, that whole process. I mean, we've been, I've, I've done weddings here at Kensington Temple where, where the bride was three hours late. And, and I thought to myself, all right, this is a bit naughty, but I thought to myself, I said, why is she late? Oh, she's still getting ready. And then it was like, why is she late? Oh, she's still getting ready. And after now, why is she late? She's still getting ready. So we sent everybody off to McDonald's and have a coffee because she was, she's still getting ready. She's still getting ready. And I thought to myself, she must be the most beautiful bride. <laughs> and when I saw her, I thought she should get her money back <laughs> from the beautician. I know that's bad, isn't it? That, 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 those were in the days when I wasn't as uh, open <laughs> to God's work in my life at that time. So, so this isn't just me being sentimental. And men, if you, if you don't like the idea, you are beautiful. Look, I put a man on the background. Because there was two choices, and one was a woman, one was a man. I said, no. I said, we have to put a man on there because uh, the women are open to these things, but the men also need to be open because... Becoming a beautiful woman in God is one thing, and becoming a beautiful man in God is one thing. And the beauty of a man and, and all, all the good things that, that men should be and all the good things that women should be is the beauty of the Lord. God is at work in your life primarily to bring forth the beauty that God has already placed within you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and uh, verse 16, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. 
But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Remember the song, I am free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord isn't, there is no freedom. Bondage remains. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, showing, manifesting, working, there is freedom. And we, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of beauty, I'm going to say beauty, it's the same thing, glory is beautiful, from one degree of beauty to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Look at that. This is the picture, the background is the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, and how that the Old Covenant that really only brought death, even in that there was glory, there was beauty, and uh, Moses went up on the mountain and spent all that time with the Lord, and, and being with the Lord affected him. It affected him on the inside, but also it even had a physical effect on him. So that when he came down from the mountain, his face, his countenance was shining so brightly that people couldn't take the glory and the beauty. It was just too much. I mean, he was coming down the mountain. It was like all the floodlights from all the football and rugby stadiums and athletic stadiums and all the power of those floodlights that are turned on at night so that the games can be played was coming out of his face so strongly that they had to put some sort of thick veil over his face because it was just too dazzling. It was too bright. And that's the old covenant. And in 2 Corinthians, what, what Paul is saying is our new covenant is so much more glorious, so much more beautiful. And the change that we see in Moses externally and physically in shining and reflecting the beauty of the Lord that had just come down from, well, in the New Testament, we don't go around with uh, faces shining, do we? Unless we've been to, like, I don't know, the Canary Islands and... Uh, sort of use baby oil on our face to get a quick tan, and then we come out, you know, red and burning and shining. But that's not the same thing. So in this passage that we read, it's not talking about, you know, oh, oh, who's got a shiny face today? So what is it talking about when it says, the Spirit is the Lord and there is freedom, and we'll, we with all unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord? What is our unveiled face? It is our heart. It's our heart. It's who we are as we sing, good, good God. It's who you are, Lord. And because it's who you are, that's who we become. We become an image. We become a reflection. God imparts into human hearts that are open the beauty of who he is that in turn becomes the beauty of who we are. Isn't that amazing? God is taking his children and by the work of the Holy Spirit in daily life, in worship, in, in the ministries of the Holy Spirit, and he is making us like him, like father, like child. The Holy Spirit is here to make the children like the father. We've been adopted into God's family. Isn't that wonderful? 
You've been permanently adopted into God's family. And you've been taken out of the devil's family. And the, and, and the family of rebellion and sin that hates God. You've been taken out of that. And now you've been permanently adopted and placed into God's family. And guess what? God's kids are becoming like their father. And the work of the Holy Spirit in your daily life, in special seasons of the Holy Spirit, is to make you beautiful like the Lord on the inside. How many people have ever seen Jesus in someone? Oh, okay, it took a while for you. You, you, just, you just, somebody said something, somebody acted, and, and you knew it wasn't just them being a nice person. You can find nice people from all religions, can't you? But in this person, you said that was Jesus. What that person said, what that person did or didn't do, that was Jesus. And you say, I saw Jesus in someone. And isn't it beautiful? Isn't it encouraging? Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it a blessing when you see Jesus in someone? And when you've been, if I can put it that way, Jesus to somebody. You stepped in, you intervened, you prayed, you were there, you were the shoulder upon them. Not your strength, but God's strength. And God helped you be Jesus to someone. And you go, how do you feel? You feel like you made a difference because Jesus shone out of you. So in this passage, we're talking about transformation it's not a physical face in the presence of God being transformed, but it's the face of our inner lives, the real face. You know, we, people put faces on, don't they? It's like, I'll pretend to be this to you because you don't really want to know what I'm really like. Well, God knows exactly what you're like, and he loves you all the same. And he is sending his Holy Spirit. And the picture then is, is that we are bathing in the light of the Holy Spirit and the word of God, and his presence. Remember, it's his presence. Where the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom to become the beautiful you that God wants you to be. And we with unveiled, we, 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 we just open ourselves to the Lord wide open. We say, Lord, work, work, fashion me. There was a time when I was going through a real difficulty, and I thought, is this ever going to end? I mean, I'm telling you, you, you have your hardships, I have my hardships. But it was hard. And I wondered, how long is this going to go on? And I kept hearing this sound. It was tink, 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 tink. And I recognized it from World of Warcraft computer game that Jake used to play. And it was the tink, tink, tink of when you went into the... Um, uh, what do you call it when you do horseshoes and stuff? Blacksmiths. So in the game, they could go into the blacksmiths and you could get things made for you, swords and stuff. It's just a game. But you'd hear this every time you went, tink, 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 tink. And so I'm going through this hard time. I'm going, is this ever going to end? This is terrible. This is, I've had enough of this. It's just wearing me out. And then I'd hear in the back of my, my mind, I hear this, tink, 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 tink. In other words, it was a sign that God had me on his anvil. Tink, tink, tink. And through what I was going through, he was, uh, you know, shaping me. That was a, a little bit of an encouragement. You know, every time I got a bit, tink, tink, tink. I thought, yeah, Lord, how long am I going to be in, be, be in there? But you know, it's not always the hard times. That, I say that to you if you're going through a hard time. But there are also seasons for every time there is a season under the sun. And it's not all negative, is it? 
It's the flip side. What he's trying to say is that in the good times and the bad times, God is at work for those that are open to him. And so there are seasons that are now upon us. There are movings of the Holy Spirit in his grace and in his mercy. And we need to open ourselves to this and to know that where the Holy Spirit is, work is being done. Transformation, it says, we are being transformed. So when we open ourselves and we sense the Holy Spirit in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, perhaps we sense him in our bodies, as we're doing that, it's not just a nice feeling or goosebumps or, oh, I just feel good because God's in the house. All those things are wonderful. But to tell you something, something very deep is happening. You know, if someone prays for you and you, feel the, and you feel faint because of the power of the Lord and you end up on the floor, that's a wonderful thing. And, and people go, oh, someone fell under the power of the Holy Spirit. That's true, but it's far more than just a manifestation. And if that ever happens to you or not, the Holy Spirit will do what the Holy Spirit will do with anybody. God is at work in you. Deeper, deeper, deeper than the physical manifestation. Deeper, deeper, deeper than the emotional joy. God is at work to transform us and to bring us to another level of beauty. Now, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, I want to explain that you don't have to find the beauty of who you are out there. You don't have to define yourselves by your mistakes. You don't have to define yourselves by your successes. You don't find out who you are by looking at your successes or your failures. You don't find out who you are even by looking at how people may perceive you, although that's important. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Just leave that, that verse right as it is on the, on the screen. So we are a new creation. When you became a Christian, a miracle had taken place on the inside of you. The old you had passed away. And there was a new creation. It's what Jesus said when he says you must be born again. You were born as a baby. Chris Shimon and Lois had their daughter on Thursday afternoon. You're born physically into this world, but you have also have to be born again spiritually into the kingdom of God. And that born again is as powerful and as real as when you were born uh, out of your mother's womb. And when you're born again, you're a new person. But you don't immediately understand what it means to be a new person. I mean, you don't get a baby coming out of, of, of the womb and going, Oh, hello, I'm a human being, homo sapien. I am of the female version. And uh, I have hair. This is my hair. This is my nose. These are my eyes. I mean, it's, I don't know what age. It's two or three, isn't it? That they start going nose, eyes, ears, getting self-discovery. It's true. So a little baby born has no idea about its identity, doesn't know anything. But as it grows, it begins to understand its sense of self and that it's a person. Understand? It's exactly the same with God. When you're born again, you sort of know something's happened, and you're like, oh, well, I believe, but, but, but you don't really know the fullness of who you are and what's been born inside you. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing in our circumstances. But right now, as we embrace and seek 
and, and enjoy the Holy Spirit in this new season, he is accelerating his work in your hearts through grace and mercy. And he will do, if we're open to it, he will do in days that would normally, what would normally take in months. He will do in months what would normally take in years in transforming us because not only where the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom and transformation, but where the Holy Spirit comes in power, there is more powerful transformation, more powerful healing, more powerful bringing out of this wonderful creation with sinners. And put that verse back up again, please. Uh, Behold, the new has come. Now, that is more powerful, that scripture, than you can imagine. Because it talks about the old has passed away. Then it says, behold. In other words, look, see, list, uh, behold. Suddenly, the idea is, look at that. You know, going into a zoo. And suddenly, you know, you're, you're in, say, the, the, the panda pen, but you can't see where the panda is. And then suddenly it appears, you're, hey, everybody, there it is. There, can you see it? Did you see it? It came out of the bushes for a second. So when it says, behold, the new has come, it means, look, see, it's there. You might not notice it, but it's there. And when it says, behold, the new has come, it's this, behold, the new has been born. That's the word, not come. Born or come into being. And so there is the the you that God wants you to be is deep down in you. I think of it like this. It's a little bit like the kingdom of God is a pearl, a great pearl. Sorry, no, a great treasure, we'll do the treasure. A great treasure buried in a field. And you have to go and you have to bury down, don't you? And get all the debris and the mud and the muck away, and then you get the treasure. Well, the treasure of your beauty is deep down inside you. And it's there, ready to manifest. You don't don't have to add to be, it's there, you just have to release the Christian life is, is one about getting away all the debris of the old life, all the muck and the rocks and the destruction of the past that obscures the beauty of the new creation that's deep within you. And within you is everything that you are. It just wants to express itself. Wants to, the, the, the you that you are in Christ wants to come out. So it's not about adding something on. Or, or, or trying externally to do better. It's about cooperating with the Holy Spirit to get away the debris of the old life that's passed away. The hurts, the pains, the bad attitudes, the wrong mentalities, and getting those things out of the way so that you that's on the inside can, can come out. Uh, uh, it's a little bit like... Um, if you want a book on this or this type of stuff, then I recommend The Revolution Within. The Revolution Within by Dwight Edwards. The Revolution Within by Dwight Edwards. And he talks about it like this. He says, when we become a Christian, it's a bit like we're a car. And we're a car that's dirty and stained and a mess. But that car goes through the car wash and is cleansed and is washed and is brightened. And there we are. We're looking like a new car. That's lovely. We've been washed in the car wash of God's salvation. But he says it's more than that. Because not only are we washed and cleansed, but in the bonnet where the old clunky engine is, the old man, the old life, the the life that lives without God, that doesn't work, that gets us into trouble, that that, that can't work, uh, that, that isn't really who God wants us to be, the sinner that we were. There's that engine. 
And he says, but it's like beside that engine, God puts in a new engine, a brand new engine, a turbo boost engine. It's, got, it's the most powerful engine. And so in our bonnets of our lives, we have two engines. And depending on where we put our clutch, we can live out of the old engine that we're not meant to, or we can engage with the new engine that has all the resources that we need by the power of the Holy Spirit to live for God. This, I remember once I spoke on this, and, and um, uh, I think I got Matt Cain to come and sing, Something Inside So Strong. Do you remember that? Something Inside So Strong. And we're trying to do it on the external. We're trying to do deep down within you is something inside so strong. John chapter 7, verse 38 proves this. John 7, verse 38. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Think about that. Out of your heart, rivers of living water. And the next verse, if we've got that at hand, speaks about saying that this was, he was speaking about the Spirit that he was sending them. So deep down in your innermost being, that, that's, that's the new you. When you became born again, a new creation, there was a new you. You, see, you might not even notice that was a new you, but there is a new you to discover and out of the new you will flow rivers of life. Rivers. It won't flow out of the flesh and the old, clunky old engine. That can't produce anything. But as you cooperate with the Holy Spirit, as, you, as he transforms you by just being with him, relying on him, walking with him, worshipping with him, worshipping him, opening yourself to the presence of the Lord... He is doing divine operations in your life. Earlier on when we were just praising the Lord, if you open your heart to praise him as much as you're able, even if it's a sacrifice of praise because you've had a bad week, if you open your heart to praise him, Holy Spirit immediately begins or continues, sorry, his work of transformation. When he's amongst us and comes in greater power, we have faith for greater transformation. Let me read to you an example from 1 Peter chapter 3. Now, this is speaking particularly about women. We could speak about men, but this is speaking about the beauty of women and uh, sort of sends a signal of the inner beauty. 1 Peter chapter 3, NIV. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Now, here it comes. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Now, we won't get into what gentle and quiet means. It doesn't mean that you can't be a noisy woman. It's really speaking about being a nurturing and encouraging woman to all those that are around, but we won't get into that. But can you see there's an inner beauty that God values more than an outer beauty. It doesn't mean that you, you can't style your hair or anything like that. But sometimes the world values so-called outer beauty. But God values a beauty that's on the inside. And you know, in the end, people value inner beauty more than outer beauty. 
Beauty is only skin deep, but the beauty of a soul that's being touched by the Lord carries something of the scent of God's glory. Audrey Hepburn, ever heard of her? Yeah, she was a, a wonderful, beautiful actress, having said all that. Well, uh, she, she put, someone asked her, do you have some beauty tips for women? So they thought that they'd be telling her what sort of like lipstick and mascara she would wear. And so um, uh, she, um, she gave, Audrey Hepburn wrote this down and she said this. She said, Audrey Hepburn's beauty tips for ladies. For attractive lips, speak words of kindness. For lovely eyes, seek out the good in people. For a slim figure, Share your food with the hungry. <laughs> For beautiful hair, let a child run his or her fingers through it once a day. For poise, walk with the knowledge that you never walk alone. God is at work in you. He's always been at work in you. But in these days, I want to raise your expectation not of yourself, but of God's ability to transform. As face to face, as we open our hearts to him, and that's all I'm asking you to do is to open your hearts the best way you know how, as wide as you're able in these times. And do you know what? He will do the rest. Sometimes all we need to know is that God is at work, and then we can respond, allow, discern what he's doing in our lives.